Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Aging Wisely, Life from 50 to 75 Years. And joining me from Florida is the author, Viola B. Mecca, Ph.D. Thank you for joining me today. I'm fine, thank you. And okay, did you ask me how I was today? Yes, yes. yes. You 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 look fine, from what I can tell. Of course, I can't see you, but uh, I imagine you're doing well. You have been in Florida and uh, are a professional psychologist, and you've been that or have that in your history for over fifty years. That's a remarkable record on its own. The book is uh, an interesting approach because I'm assuming, at least from reading some of your story, that you have gone through all of the stages, or most of the stages that you're referring to in your book are aging wisely. You have part one, part two in the book, and it's a total of 130 pages. Now, why did you decide to share your experience and your wisdom uh, with the readers? Well, I have done a lot of reading about aging when I started, and I was impressed that no one talked about the person who is aging. They talked about aging as a social phenomenon, aging as an abstract, uh, but they did not talk in detail about the person. The only articles that I really found about the person who is aging were articles written by or written about daughters or sons who were taking care of their aged parent and running across all sorts of difficulties. No one addressed what the person, the aging person, was feeling. And as a psychologist, I tend to focus in on the person. And that was what brought me to writing, isn't wanting to explain some of the feelings, the events that aging people go through themselves. Important area that has been overlooked, as you've described it. You uh, have uh, have described uh, life and the challenges of those uh, from 5 to 75, or 65 to 75, also from age 50 to 65, What happens at age 50 that you felt needed to be talked about? Uh, First, let me say, we use the word phases, but life is a continuum, so one fades right into it. But at the age of 50, we are usually at the fruition of our work life, but things going on physically, we're changing, and we do everything in our possibility to avoid those changes, like the getting a bald head uh, or women who color their hair. Mm-hmm. All of these things are an attempt to stay young. So that's the major process during the 50s are the physical changes. And with it, the social changes, for it's also the time the children are leaving home, and the parents are then faced with being with each other, which has not been true for, what, 20 years. So mm-hmm. they have to re-examine 
who they are and what they want together. That can be kind of a scary time. I, I've gone through that. I won't uh, divulge my age because I'm, I'm like you have described, trying to prevent getting, uh, prevent looking older. I, I, <laughs> I can't prevent getting older. But uh, I look in the mirror and I see my parents looking back at me sometimes. And that, uh, that's kind of a, a, an, an unusual thing to have happen. And uh, the uh, aging process with children, and in our case, grandchildren, and I will admit to a great-grandchild or two, so I, uh, I am over 55, and the aging process is a challenge for many people. Do you see or do you give in your book some positive uh, aspects of getting older? Well, yes, I do. Uh, but- we, we do profit from experience so that as we grow older, our view of situations are not as acute. For instance, uh, grandmother is letting her grandchild tear something up. And mother stands, oh, you never did that. Let me do things like <laughs> that. So there's a... a, a um, a resilience that lets us accept situations for what they are Mm. and not make them over-important. And that's really important. That is vital, yes. um, Oh, I I could go on. The other thing Yeah, please, please do, please do, because that's a vital, that's a vital observation. I've, I've, uh, I won't say enjoyed that, but have come around to that in my own personal approach to life. So this is an, an important observation. Well, the other thing is we tend to look at our life in a more positive way because the memories of the fun things are the ones that stand out. The only time we have a lot of recollection of bad things is when they've somehow been traumatic. But generally, we look for the positive things. If you show older people, probably older than 65, a list of words that are uh, different kinds of adjectives, like arguing, pleasant. They always choose the more positive words. So we remember positive things. We get a positive attitude. And if in my situation here in individual living, if you ask someone how they are, now, they may be bent over, they may be uh, half blind or half deaf. You ask them how they are, I'm fine. And instead, with a positive, pleasant attitude. And so we keep that, and that lets us keep life. A very fine observation. The book itself, uh, you are living in Florida, which to many is a retirement destination, as is uh, some parts of the uh, the Southwest. Uh, the people that you were thinking of, uh, besides people in the older category, is this a book that would appeal to maybe a younger audience as well? Well, yes, it would be. At least I would hope it would be, because we it would give us some perspective, both of ourselves, as we're younger. I'm 
for some reason, I'm putting myself there. <laughs> but a perspective of our parents and grandparents. And that's important because then knowing what's coming, we can start to get that attitude that life is a continuum of how we approach it and be be very self-observant while we are aging. And hopefully those who may become caregivers at some point, as uh, our family has experienced caregiving to an older uh, older adult, uh, we become more compassionate, perhaps, and understanding. Uh, that would also be a part of that growth process that you refer to in your book. I'm sorry, would you repeat that question? Yes, my question was the aspect of being a caregiver, uh, those who might read this book and are in the caregiving aspect of life, uh, they would have a, a different and perhaps a more compassionate observation about someone that they may have uh, have need of taking care of at that older uh, juncture of their lives. Uh, yes, we would hope that would come. I think we need to point out that it, in our culture, we try to focus on nuclear family, although the nuclear family is not what it used to be. And I, 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 I venture aside a minute. Only 46% of children born now live with two parents. Wow. And about 20% are being reared by grandparents with no parent present at all. So life for the young people is changing as it's changing for the older people. (laughs) Now I've lost your question. That's okay. I think you covered it. Basically what you're saying in your book and in your attitude and your your history is that uh, we just need to be flexible in understanding the current status that we might be in, and you've done so in uh, in in your book, Aging Wisely. Now, how would you introduce this book? You, uh, because you are a, a you know, have a, a, an, a wonderful background as a psychologist. How would you introduce this to someone? Uh, do you have neighbors, friends, uh, relatives that you have talked about this and uh, said, this is why I've written it? Well, how would you describe it? How would I describe the book? Yes, how would you introduce it? How would you introduce that to somebody that's maybe your neighbor? Yes. Uh, Hopefully, uh, this will provide the person a way of looking at himself or herself as they are going through life and to prepare themselves uh, for whatever may come their way so that they need to be aware that they need a lot of self-reflection to watch themselves, to follow their their feelings and their thoughts. They need a lot of resilience and uh, the ability to change, to vary with the situation, and a lot of optimism to hold fast that no matter what happens, that you can make the best out of it. And other and the other thing I would tell them it will help them show 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 them how helpful and how necessary our attachment to others, our feelings about others are, and to keep them close. It, 
I hope I began to answer your question. You certainly did. Part two of your book, the chapter headings, I'll read those for the listeners so that they can get a, a handle on or a little better understanding of your approach. Uh, chapter six, our challenge, caring for others. Chapter seven, are our emotions growing older? I think you covered that really very nicely. Chapter eight, capture those fears. Chapter nine, the emotional challenge of loneliness, something that even those of us who have family members close by sometimes feel that uh, we are lonely and not uh, not having the um, emotional support we're needing. Chapter 10, loves and losses. Chapter 11, loves and losses, part two, homes and possessions. Uh, I have, uh, I, just as a side, uh, my daughter has commented uh, because of my ability and my spouse's ability to accumulate stuff that when we pass, she's going to call Goodwill and tell them they've hit the mother load, bring a truck. Um, number 12, resolving those problems, coping and control. And chapter 13, which uh, summarizes the title of your book, Aging Wisely. Life from 50 to 75 years is the title again, Aging Wisely. My guest author, Dr. Viola Mecca. Where do we get copies of this, doctor? Well, I would suppose the easiest place is just to go to Amazon. Right. Because Amazon does have the books. Very good. They, they, can, do a, they can do a search uh, under the title as well, Aging Wisely. Or under your name, Viola, B, middle initial, Mecca, M-E-C-K-E, and find it. And um, is this your first book that you have published? No. By now, I've actually published four books. Incredible. The the first book was written back in 2000, 2002, and was on suicide as a function of failures of good attachment with with others. Uh, but then I have another book called The Ups and Downs of Aging After 75, because those present problems and situations that the younger person has not fully met yet. I did write a third book, which is the... It's consists of drawings of children or of a child who was sexually abused. Uh, the pictures go from 2 to two to 45, actually. Wow. And it, I, I could pick out exactly when the child was abused by the fact of the pictures that the child drew. Incredible. And then, then could even check the effect of that abuse throughout her life, which was constant. My goodness, you've you've done you've done a remarkable job on uh, sharing uh, very vital information, uh, listeners. You need to get a copy of this book, Aging Wisely, even if you're not in that fifty to seventy-five category, because uh, perhaps someone in your sphere of influence can be benefited by getting a hold of this, or maybe it will give you wisdom on how to deal with uh, 
life crisis that may come up in your family. Also, the other books. Again, do a search under the author's name, Viola B. Mecca, M-E-C-K-E, and uh, you will locate this book, Aging Wisely, and the others that she's penned. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, Jay, very much. My pleasure for Ex Libris on Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. <laughs>